This is the Lean Into Art podcast. I'm Rob Stenzinger, and I'm a user experience designer, and I teach and coach collaboration for human-centered experiences and do things like make video games. And normally I am working side-by-side with my co-host, Jersey Drozd, cartoonist and teaching artist, where we delve into all kinds of topics related to visual storytelling, whether that's uh, interactive in software form or the kind of experiences that are in comics and sequential narrative. So much to talk about, so much to explore. Being an individual who makes and is making a go of this as your own business or when you're part of a bigger team collaborating and making stuff, figuring out the best products for your audience and that kind of thing. Lots to cover. And we have almost 300 episodes of the show, which actually is a bit of a um, an archive that we've built up. And from time to time, we reach into this archive and, well, reshare something. We call that a rebroadcast. And today, what I have for you is Lean Into Art episode 223, which is called Gratitude. And I think it's kind of interesting how... <laughs> Well, the uh, in in North America we celebrate this holiday of Thanksgiving, and I imagine lots of folks you've heard of it if you listen to or, or uh, consume entertainment that's created, especially in the states. And it's a holiday that's well, it is very much centered around that theme, gratitude. I thought for sure we would have reshared this episode at some point maybe last Thanksgiving, but we haven't. So this is a great opportunity. And I was actually looking back and planning on doing an episode of my art journal podcast on uh, gratitude and what am I thankful for? Because as part of the art sound off creative challenge, there's a prompt that's it's essentially just journal high fives and gratitude. I thought, okay, what do I have to talk about? And I had, I came up with some notes and I was getting ready to do that, but then also getting ready to, sh- to share a, this rebroadcast once I found that we haven't reshared it yet. And honestly, so many things I had on my list to share this year, I talked about very early last year. So we're almost like two years is, you know, in, in, you know, regular time, <laughs> uh, where that was a pretty similar list. And I'm, I'm still thankful for, uh, so many things that you know, personal and professional. And, uh, this is the kind of things I, I wonder, I wonder how similar Jersey's list is also. That's something I need to ask him. Uh, I would bet it's pretty similar. I gave this episode a re-listen and I think, I think you're going to like it. It's, um, it's fun. It's challenging. It's one of those, um, feeling comfortable with feeling uncomfortable digging through and reflecting on some things that uh, can get sort of uh, you know less about the art process and digging through how do we make a thing better and do it again. And it, it's more personal. So this was a really fun one. And I think both Jersey and I found some interesting, useful, personal things to share. So here we go. Well, a little bit more about gratitude. I want to thank some of the folks that support us on Patreon. 
We will do that in the episode as well. That was all pre-recorded, and that's a snapshot in time. I have a fresh look, and I want to thank five people who support us right now on Patreon. First off, thank you, Tim F. I and Jersey deeply appreciate your support. Greg Horvath, thank you so much for being here and supporting us on Patreon. Shawnee Redfern, so awesome to have you as part of our Patreon community. Thank you so much for being here and supporting us. The Mysterious K, so awesome that you have that moniker and that you're still here. It's wonderful. (laughs) It's wonderful to have you supporting us. Thank you so much. Mysterious K. Jesse Kaufman. Jesse, who has actually been on the show before and has been a, uh, a collaborator with Jersey Drozd on the, uh, an amazing comics project. And I just want to say thank you so much, Jesse, for being here and being part of the community that supports us on Patreon. And you probably know what Patreon is already. Those of you out there who are like, hmm, it's interesting. You're thanking these people, but what's this Patreon or Hmm, where are you on Patreon again? Well, if you go to patreon.com slash leanintoart, you can support us there as well. If you are just, well, appreciating and thinking that, well, I want to throw my vote in, right? I mean, hearing your uh, excitement for us, uh, chatting with us, sharing the episodes, all that, any kind of encouragement is wonderful. But then monetary support is that next level saying, yeah, put more of your attention and effort into this thing and or just high five. Thanks so much for doing this. And I'm showing it with um, a, a monetary action. So you can do that easily. That's what Patreon is all about. It's You can you can go there to at patreon.com slash lean into art and then you'll get benefits from us as well where we... Uh, well, we have our special podcast only for patrons called called uh, Extra Lean, and that's where we, you know, Jersey and I just sort of riff. We don't prepare show notes. We just jump in and find something on our minds to just explore and share. And sometimes it's like a behind the scenes thing, and sometimes it's just something that we're uh, just wanting to share with a smaller group. And then you can be part of that group. And and there's another benefit that we recently added, which is our um, Discord server thing, where you can join the Lean Into Art Discord. Yeah, there's a public side. Please join us there. That's awesome. There's a, there's a couple of rooms for um, feedback on the episodes. And if you want to sort of check in and notice like what other leaners are doing related to creative challenges, sort of a um, like a like a smaller venue to share that kind of thing. Super cool. But then we have rooms that are just for our paying patrons and that are, that there's rooms like uh, castle level up where maybe you're looking for some critique or you're, you're looking to practice that idea of a brain trust. Like what's it like to get reactions from people who are um, they're, they're practitioners, right? This isn't just, you know, sharing a thing with someone else that is a more, an acquaintance that may not be a, um, a, a maker of visual storytelling type things. You're, you're, you're going to get reactions that, well, can help you level up, I hope, in Castle Level Up. But then there's also uh, the mellow and just 
low stakes place to socialize just called social. That's, that's an awesome channel for our lean into art patrons. And then the last one is, Oh, it's the friendly one. And I should know it off the top of my head. And it's called, um, Nope. It's escaping me. (laughs) Fun. Should have wrote that in the notes. Um, but the idea there is you can share with just other Lean Into Art patrons and just get a high five and, and encouragement. It is this, um, you know, a really, it's a safe space to say, I'm working on this thing and I just want to, you know, get that positive reinforcement to, to keep at it. And as I was talking here, I pulled up Discord. It's called Gentle Town. Yes. All right. So join us at Castle Level Up Gentle Town or Social and Lean Into Art Discord by becoming a supporter of the Lean Into Art Patreon at patreon.com slash lean into art. And without further ado, I just once again, immense gratitude for our community of supporters on the Lean Into Art Patreon. And very appropriately, let's start the broadcast of Lean Into Art. 223 Gratitude. Well, hello. Thank you for downloading, listening, and watching the Lean Into Art Cast, a show where two visual storytellers get together and uh, cheerfully but intensely discussed discussed oh was that a Freudian slip we we discuss we talk about various visual storytelling topics making things thinking about making things designing things and then the lifestyle that surrounds uh this stuff we call visual storytelling we think really hard about it so you will too my name is jersey drost i'm a cartoonist and a teaching artist the other host is hi i'm rob stenzinger a user experience designer and game designer good to see you again rob um it's great to see you jersey what are we talking about this week? What visual storytelling topic could we possibly have for our 223rd episode of the show? Well, I think what we've found in, in doing the, those past 222 episodes is that many things relate to visual storytelling, and uh, in, including like what we bring with us into, into our creative work. And in particular, I, th- I think we want to chat about gratitude. And gratitude. Yeah. So what, uh, what does, what does feeling and noticing and exploring what you feel gratitude about, uh, what does that do for, for your projects? Uh, what does it do for you? Yeah. What, what role does it play in the thinking about the work and then how does the the thinking and, and reflecting on it change the work? Um, hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it sounds heavy. It sounds like, wow, that, that's, um, yeah, this is going to be an episode where one of us cries at some point or another. Is that what you're, you're suggesting? (laughs) I'm and yeah, no judgment. This is a safe place. If that happens, I would understand if we, if we tap into a vein of, no, I don't know. Right. Maybe you never know, but, but it just, (laughs) yeah, it's it's a big word. It is a big word. Because we talk about service-minded and whatever, it sounds all like I don't know, um, regimenty, discipliny, and how does the um, and we sent we seem like we probably have fun with with what we work on, but then I don't know, gratitude is like, um, I mean maybe it's the it, it 
it seems like in a general doing art for business context, like, like not as um, not as obvious of a facet or concern or element to me. Um, I think I have some contribute something I can, can contribute to framing this up. Um, okay, something Brandon Dayton. He's ter- quickly turning into like another one of the Obi Wan Kenobi ghosts who show up at the end of the of the podcast and, and smile and nod at us because we invoke their name so often. Um, but Brandon Dayton has a fabulous YouTube channel with lots of um, essays on art making, and in the the one where he talks about, I, I've referred to this one a lot because it was an especially good talk that he did on pricing one's work, and he talked about the, the complexity and the dynamics of that are at play when trying to figure out how to, to how to price your work. And he said, well, let's face it, our art making, for most of us, is not a terribly dangerous job. It's not like coal mining. It's not like, you know, being uh, an ice fisher, like a per- person on a fishing boat in Alaska, right? Um, and it's it's a job that a lot of people want to do. It's considered like one of those dream jobs. Um, and, but it's also really hard. It's also very challenging, difficult. And also, you know, it's like, I I just did a a talk at a high school about this. I'm like, you have to learn to be, uh, you have to learn to live with a lot of uncertainty, uh, Mm -hmm. uncertainty in the way of like, how are people interacting with this? Is it, is, is it making me any money? Is, is, is this thing sustainable in any way? Am I getting signals from the world that the world even wants this thing? Um, and, uh, so it, it is super hard and we can forget sometimes that there, the, 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 this is comparatively a very desirable and, and, uh, safe thing to do comparatively speaking. Mm. Also, uh, when we're lost in the thick of it and embroiled in all the different frictions and complexity of making things. Uh, we can forget that you know that there's a there is a kind of a privilege in interacting with the world through your work and affecting people through your work, right? And so, as you and I have both expressed many times in the show, this idea of like reflection and how reflection helps us understand our work more deeply, or gives us new avenues to explore our work, and helps us contextualize you know what we put into the work and how we're engaging with the work, and how we're managing the work. Um, I think this 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 gratitude is like one of the knobs in that reflection, you know, switchboard that we can focus on for a minute to say, like, well, what happens when we look at that one more closely? Totally agree, and and I think the 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 setup I was attempting and exploring was maybe maybe it's just a total straw man, straw straw person, right? Where does it? Um, maybe it's just not as talked about as commonly that I notice. Right. But I clearly, I I believe in it because when I, when I do journal and and let's say I go like a week or so and I don't notice that I'm, I'm, I'm capturing things that I'm particularly, um, appreciating or, or thankful for or whatnot. Um, I try to switch that up and, and make sure that I am tuning in because, uh, there, that, there, there's a, I think, in uh, uh, both proven through research and also an intuitive connection where if, you know, like noticing the, the benefits of going through the challenge of making stuff or even making trade-offs, like you described the, the ambiguity that comes from 
going the fully independent path, right? And I have gone multiple paths through this. So going, I've gone, um, I've had it be, I've had my creative projects mostly be a side gig, um, be my main gig, and then be a side back and forth, right? Over, throughout the, you know, the course of what one might say a career. Um, <clears throat> a career that with that many twists and turns, it's hard to, I always think when people say career, they're like, it's a road that goes this long way, but it's really straight and it just <laughs> goes to the horizon. Yeah. And, and yeah. I don't, that's not what my map looks like, but, um, and, and, but yet I am very appreciative of having the ability to self fund and explore ideas and dig into, um, different creative disciplines and try to, uh, try to make a trade in it and see what the world reacts to and whatnot. So like having, um, I, yeah, I think, let's see different trade-offs and challenges, but, um, but I, I can really uh, appreciate not having some of the aspects of being the fully independent and whatnot too, even though I, I, I do still consider it and think, well, gosh, how could I set myself up to be in that position again? But anyway, so nothing, nothing um, um, very definitive there other than, than I think highlighting that we're, we're hitting this from a few different angles, but even still, there's a lot of common ground. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's dive into it, shall we? Yeah. Let's go for it. All right. Well, then cue the music. So. I know. One thing I'm grateful for. <laughs> First part of the show where we talk, uh, well, typically we do like what we call on the ground where it's like, what does it look like uh, to engage with this topic? And so... What are some things that you and I happen to be grateful for? And then maybe we can dig into like the, the how the gratitude thing changes the work in the second half of the show. Do you want to start, Rob? Okay, sure. Um, I'm, there's this, um, I feel it's a combination of uh, privilege of circumstance and of makeup, right? That I find myself in, in a situation where I become arrested and excited and just possessed by some creative work and then decide this may not be my only mission in life now, but it's one of them. And now I choose to, to make my path be affected by it. Like I remember uh, key moments that made me decide I wanted to really get into playing the guitar or uh, get into making video games and, um, just, you know, d different creative pursuits and, and, and video games is kind of a big box that has many boxes inside of it and deciding like which, which different things. And I, and I can point to these, these intersections of, um, of noticing and, but being, being in a position to say like, I can be affected by, I can somehow change my life around where I can make the capacity to try this thing out. And I still feel incredibly fortunate for that, where I think it's you, you could be in a circumstance where you have a variety of commitments. Maybe maybe if it would have hit me at a different life stage, it would have been way harder. But like, um, you know, deciding to try to uh, to start a, a video game development company when I didn't know much about it when I was, um, you know, roughly um, 21. Um, that 
I had, I, I was lucky as far as the people I knew who could help fill in the gaps in, in which I had a lot as far as skills and what, what could, how could we form a team to do it? All sorts of stuff. And then to say like, well, I do have enough income where I think I can upgrade my computer and all this, whatever, these things that led to such a giant, important, um, flow of events, right? The, uh, um, a thing that snowballed after dropping that pedal pe pedal on the top of a mountain kind of thing. And so that's, and, and that's not the only instance of it, right? Um, but that was a big one. And I recognize it was, um, when now, well, I, and at the time I did not recognize the layers and layers of fortune and good, good, um, well, honestly, privilege and benefits that I had. So like there was some of the obvious ones at the time with the network of people and my ability, like I didn't have to work it too many hours where I was able to basically, you know, start a, a business while I had a night job or whatever. There's that. But then I realized that, I mean, I went to a school where I learned how to program when I was in second grade and I learned how to work uh, digitally on computers, you know, in elementary school and was able to continue to work at that, at that through junior high. And um, so I had all this stuff that now looking back on it, I feel extra, extra grateful for that. Um, it, it just, it, 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 no doubt um, were many layers of, of stuff, um, both, you know, experience and circumstance that, uh, that led to, the ability to try. Hmm. What I, I should grab that for the second section, but what I'm hearing in there is a, an acknowledgement of interdependency and, uh, and it's not a linear path, but it's, it's a layered path, right? I think so. I, and I think I'm, it may be, I don't know. May, is my path less straightforward, more straightforward? I don't know uh, compared to others without ongoing exploring and conversation. Um, but I do appreciate that layeredness and interdependency more than I had in, um, when I started. Yeah, I've had a funny relationship with this topic in, in my own past where I've, I've had times where I was very fierce and very, um, very eager to express that my hard work is what made this or that happen in my life. And then there were times where I dialed back really, really far the other way to where it's like, well, no, I'm just, I'm just glad to be here at all. And it's, it's all luck. And I'm just lucky to privileged to be here. It's somewhere in between those two extremes, I think. Um, it is but, timing's everything too, right? Yep. Because just yep. uh, like having a business that really gets a foothold and takes off. And especially if it takes off at some kind of, you know, more than uh, if it takes off with like kind of a strong growth path. Um, that means that you were really ready to connect with an audience that was ready to connect with you at that time also. And that's, um, that's not entirely up to us, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you, you can choose which kind of business and thing you're going to go engage and trade in and try to tune it. But there's still the complexities of the market I, I would and that would lead me to one of the things that i would say that i'm certainly grateful for especially right now because i'm in the middle of teaching three four classes starting next week and uh teaching has been so good for me in so many ways in that 
it forces me to unbox. Well, it, it invites me. I shouldn't say forces. It invites me to unbox what I do. Like, how do I how do I communicate what I'm doing when I'm making stuff? That's one. But a big benefit is it makes me very aware on a very regular basis and almost like in a in a, in a practice kind of way that I'm not the only uh, operating force at work here. There's a dy- there's a dynamic going on, and we're mm-hmm. all um, we're all accountable to it, but not no not one of us is driving the whole thing, right? There's a lot of v- different pushes and pulls, and as I've learned to extrapolate that out and think about that in the way I engage with other projects that I do, uh, it's helped me have I think have a more healthy relationship with it. Um, so, mm. like ba- teaching, working with groups. Um, I think this would be the same thing if I did like volunteer work someplace. I imagine I would derive very similar benefits. Like working with any kind of mixed group of people with various intentions and motivations and trying to create like a, a healthy environment amongst those people. Um, I would imagine would do the same kind of thing. Um, yeah, that's some pretty, uh, pretty, uh, like that kind of experience generates a a bit of a, like a skill building feedback loop that then could be fed into something else, right? Like maybe, yeah, credibility for, for more experiences like that and whatnot, maybe. Oh, maybe sure. Yeah, I, I didn't, hadn't even considered that. Yeah, you're right. That too, right? Is that it's, uh, it's also providing me very instantaneous feedback that I can adapt and build upon in the moment. But then after the fact, I have like a, uh, a body of interactions that I can, you know, use as evidence to take on more responsibility and be more, uh, more of use in more places. But um, uh, what about like the, so yeah, we're, some of what we're describing is, is almost like big systemic gratitude, like mm-hmm. big ecosystem. I'm a little piece of it kind of thing. And yay. But then what about like um, experiences or projects where you just sort of take away particular um, delightful or joyful things that are, um, you know, on top of mind and affecting okay. you. Sure. Um, you know, I haven't talked about it in a while, but the Warren Commission report book that I did a couple years back, mm-hmm. um, that book because I had to match the storytelling style, there was two artists in the book, me and Ernie Cologne. Um, and because I, I was, you know, encouraged very strongly to match my storytelling style to Ernie's style. And I did like, I laid out like the a good chunk of the book, like doing the thumbnails. So having to get inside and infer what his mindset is when he's working, um, was incredibly challenging, but it, going through that unlocked so many different ways of thinking about panels that I hadn't really forced myself to do in the past. So I felt like uh, I kind of came out with some new new moves, as it were, uh, on the other side of that book. Um, I mean, and, and of course, there's like the delight of working with a childhood hero, right? Ernie Cologne is like the, a guy whose work I poured over as a young person and said, like, how does he do it? How does he think like this? I would never have considered putting together a page that way. Um, and I used his, his examples in my classrooms for years. So, of course, I'm going to be extremely grateful that this 
person whose work moved me, like really just just shook me as a young person. And I got to work alongside of him and talk about ideas with him as a peer and then have a book come out with my name right under his name. Uh, it's going to be hard to top that. It's going to be really hard to top that. Uh, and I don't, I don't, I don't think I reflect on that enough. I, I, I need to c- kind of touch base with that every once in a while, um, just to remind me of, you know, because like it, it, maybe we can dog ear this for discussion in the second half. Like, I don't know about you, Rob, but it is really easy for me to lose sight of um, a lot of the good stuff that happens in these these experiences, and get discouraged when it gets like really ambiguous or, or complex or frustrating, and it'd be like. Uh, I'll find myself falling victim to that that notion that um, well, I'm a grown up. I should have this all figured out by now, you know. Um, so uh, yeah, like let's let's totally dig into that. And I, I feel it so much when you describe that, and and it's the thing where um, that's why this. I feel like I want to disclaim, but like <laughs> seriously, one of the reasons why I so wholeheartedly endorse the idea of doing some kind of reflective practice is because it, I don't always feel like short-term memory is my friend um, <clears throat> because I, it, it's, it's easy to lose sight of lots of stuff, lessons and ups and downs. And then those, those particular moments, like, like you just, and, and even if I didn't capture like a moment, like you described explicitly at some point in the past, the ability to go back at it and, and look, has a chance of going like, oh, wait a minute, new perspective that was on its own amazing. And I, I don't want to forget that. And now I've got a new memory about an old memory and short-term memory isn't my friend, so I got to write it down. Oh, man, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, without, I mean, and I'll do another ad for the ETP, right? The Emergent Task Planner, davidsay.com. Um, like, I don't remember what I did two weeks ago exactly, right? So, like, and so capturing, like, not only just, like, what happened, but also how I felt about it in the moment or, like, what were my takeaways at the end of the day every once in a while. Um, and just going back and reviewing that can be very, very revelatory. So, okay, I want to I want to bounce your question back at you. Okay. So what do you got in that kind of list of something where there's, like, uh, very personal, immediate nugget after that experience that you want to consider for a moment? Well, that's funny. Doing this topic is so hard because <clears throat> it's some a little bit like something we talked about off mic uh, before the show. It, it, it has this sort of... Um, hmm... Me coming up with a list of what I am grateful for could feel like a form of bragging. And I don't, I don't really intend that through this exercise. Yet, I think by modeling and going through the exercise and navigating the natural discomfort, it's saying that there's something worthwhile by doing this. And it isn't about saying, um, I don't know, something, you know, fist pumping and exclusive that, I would feel good about even if it were exclusive. So honestly, I big thing for me is just uh, the the family that I have grown. Um, so my life with my my wife and daughters, uh, it's lots of work, but so rewarding. And um, uh, 
the kind of person I feel like I, like I am and I wish to continually work to be, I, I'm better everywhere because of them. And, uh, that's, I, I, I feel that a lot and it, and I feel it, um, not in moments when siblings are arguing and what have you, those are intense and you just got to work through that, find strategies, you navigate it out. But like the, there are many, many other moments where it's like, ah, this is so great. How did, how did this even happen? It's so great. And, um, and thankfully, I mean, I, like, like a lot of people, I have a smartphone, I take pictures and that, that helps a lot with, um, uh, saying like, well, what did we do this weekend? Oh, that was awesome. We went to this, this, uh, this hands-on maker museum thing. And, and, uh, you know, we, we laughed when, when the car I built fell apart and, and then, you know, little, uh, so fantastic moments and memories that come from that, that, that whole thing, the system of a family. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't get much more immediate than that. Um, yeah. I know this is probably mostly, Hey, lean into art. It's our creative, creative projects and stuff, but I happen to do a lot of creative projects with people I know and like, and, and <laughs> so in a way, yeah, I do. We, we do creative projects too as a family. Well, I mean, in, in, we can't, we can't not talk about that because that's like, that's the stuff that fuels the, the art that you make. Right. Uh, I spend they, a, they don't exist in a in a in a bubble, right? At yeah. least I would hope not, right? Yeah, I so. I spend probably an, an unfortunately large amount of time trying to direct my students toward emotional memories and experiences, painful, positive, regard whichever you know. It's like feeling embarrassed, feeling proud, feeling scared, feeling brave, feeling in love, feeling like you're really annoyed at that person. And pointing them out, like, that information is, like, the signals that are telling them what they want to write about, you know? Because, um, like, when, when, when we're making stuff, I know I'm guilty of this, uh, you want to be so clever, you know? You want to find that clever thing to put in the work. Um, and then writers always tell you, it's like, but what's, the, find the true thing, find the true thing, you know? And I think what they're talking about a lot of times is, like, what's the thing that's, like, resonating emotionally? What's the thing that you can't shake out of your head kind of thing? Or what Bill Burr... <laughs> described as the thing that you want to shout out of your head when you're in the shower and you just like scream like uh, a nonverbal <laughs> scream to try to push it out that kind of thing um you know it's like i, th I think we we forget sometimes that it's that stuff that that is the fuel for the work itself you know there was a particular moment that um like so when when um you were you visited um the you know where I, where I live. I mean, we we hung out right, and and I shared uh, I shared some I shared some work in progress with you, and you had these these incredibly insightful reactions to to the to the thumbnails and some of the character designs and whatnot that were they they were hugely influential. Like it was like a five, like f uh, five minutes here, ten minute there, and all you know wasn't didn't take up the whole, this giant arc of time but like those moments were um just yeah incredibly helpful and and uh, i'm very thankful for it i feel like 
it's just all this clarifying benefit that I that I got from from just that. To be fair, it's 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 perspective, right? It's it's easier to stand out on the outside of something and go like, "Well, there's there's where the the holes are." Um, mm. when you're sitting in the thick of it trying to cut your way out with a machete. Um, but, but thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I could be of service. Um, cool. Had to, uh, yeah. And, and I feel like, I feel like, um, if we were to stay on this topic of like, like the interaction between different players, um, okay. I feel like in recent years I have been in for the most part, in a much healthier place with regards to my collaborations, um, my creative, the, the, the creative people who I've, you know, surrounded myself with, Hmm. or I shouldn't say it that way. I have been fortunate to find myself surrounded by, um, it's both. It's yes, I guess there's gravitational forces on both sides. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, to be around people who all have uh, Casey Van Heist once said this to me, and it was just oh gosh, it was it was it was so such a great recentering sentence. Um, she's like, I I don't care terribly what you're passionate about. I just want you to be passionate about something and be able to communicate that passion. Um, obviously, <laughs> there's some things that are it's it's evil to be passionate about certain things, but we're talking about like things things in art for the most part. Um, <laughs> a little, little imagination factory is like, okay, I'm going to take that fact and make it terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now it's the leprechaun sitting How on Ralph Wiggum's shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Nope. But, but, but like, uh, I, I found myself for the most part surrounded by people who all have something that, that really drives them and motivates them. And they can speak to that fairly. Okay. You know, um, it's, it's, incredibly invigorating to be around that and only took me 20 years of working in an industry to finally get to the point where i feel like oh yeah everywhere i look it seems like there's somebody like that's within arm's reach um but yeah because um you know it's not not to not to uh compliment by putting down but there are a lot of people who get involved in any industry for a variety of reasons not necessarily the ones that you got you know, when I, when I was starting out and I was like, well, everybody, surely they, they're doing this because they just love comics the way I do. And you find out, oh, no, <laughs> that's not why everybody's here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's well, a big, and, I mean, your relationship with your reasons changes too. That's true. Well, yes. And some, some of the, uh, the reasons become more refined as that relationship matures, right? Sure. Yeah. I'm clarified. And so, um, how interesting. What about, um, so I was grateful for, this is a still like, uh, we're like 31 minutes in here and I, and I'm, I'm just as uncomfortable as when we started. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, ah, this is going to get easier. Nope. It hasn't. <sighs> well, okay. Do you want to dial it back and get a little bit more abstract for a second? Will that make it a little bit more cozy? Sure. I have a diagram. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> we, yeah, we we didn't even get through like a third of our of our uh, lists of things. But you know what? Pick one that you you want to say. We're we're running out of the building. We're like, hey, wait a minute! Don't forget this. We're not running out because the building's on fire. We're running out because we have a concert to get to. Right? But uh, all right, wait. I'll do one and then you do one. 
Okay. Okay. Ha ha. Um, turnabout is fair play. Um, the Captain Seriously Project. Uh, next week, I'm getting ready to go drop off the ninth grade books with uh, Jesse. And I, I know I've talked about this this project at length, but it just it it feels like the most pure and wholesome uh, packaging of what I wanted out of comics. Um, if if you had if you could ever describe like what like the pure vision of what I wanted out of my career, that project is it. So, what about you? Oh, that's awesome. I I have I would say it's specific enough, but it's pretty broad. It's uh, it's the everything that falls under the umbrella of user experience. I think it's it it saved me. It made it made a path for me because I got into my career for you know to to make video games, and then those skills. Okay, I started applying to uh, applying them to web things, but I was inherently interested in design practices and whatnot and making sense of like, well, what are we building and why, and how does it make sense for who we're making it for and whatever. And then I encountered this, this class once I, uh, I, I went into like my first full-time job about, um, it, it was, it was all about UI design and human centered design. And this, that was like, that was my spider bite where I'm like, oh my gosh, this whole thing makes way more sense as far as what do I choose to put into this system and put in front of people in, based on how how they see and perceive and interact with the world, what are their abilities and their what's their knowledge and how do they learn? Ah, it's amazing, and I have this ability, this these tools that fit my interests and and uh, yeah, I'm just so thankful that I encountered that because without it, I, I think I, I don't know what I would do, but I think I would have probably gotten pretty depressed about making tech things, even though I do love technology as well. I'm like, this is very enabling and you know, helps us, helps us do. There's, there's right. something about kind of cracking the code to the magic that's underneath the thing that's affecting you that mm. suddenly when you realize what kind of power you're playing with, right, not to quote the old 80s Nintendo ads, but um, like something I talk about in my classrooms, and I, and I know I've used this language on the show before, but like I do this example where I write like a line of dialogue three times and I have the group read them and they read them the same each time and then I put I'm like all I'm going to do is change the shape in the line and watch what happens and then I put a smooth balloon around the first one a jagged balloon around the second one and then like a drippy slimy balloon around the third one and I say in other words I change the shape and the line and you hear different voices in your head if that's not magic I don't know what is and I tell my students like this is the power that you're playing with everybody this is the you have the ability to make people hear voices just by changing lines that's incredible like, don't disrespect this power, you know? Uh, there's something that feels, like, just so invigorating and electrifying and, 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 and liberating. Like, you just see... It's like, it's like that... <laughs> it's like a lawnmower man where he can suddenly change reality. <laughs> uh. <laughs> lawnmower man. <laughs> totally worth doing, picking that over the Matrix, I guess. <laughs> um... it's funny oh gosh that was a bad movie but i and it was so bad like that's that's one thing i didn't journal that i let my short-term memory carry that trash out to the out to the curb and it's gone i i i I love invoking it because it it, for people of our generation it does it does cause that wince it's like like there's that flash of memory like oh i haven't thought about lawnmower man in like 20 years oh i'm thinking about lawnmower man now <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's rough 
Very rough, but... Um, <laughs> okay. So how about in okay. a minute and a half we talk about uh, how gratitude changes the way we think about the work? Let, let's give that a shot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so in a minute 30 seconds we're going to talk about, like, you know, the more abstract aspect. Of why, 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 why all this gratitude stuff? Is this just, like, a way to, like, calm the mind and be, think about, like, scented candles and relax? Or does does it have more profound effects on the way we think about the work, at least from mine and Rob's reflections and perspectives. But before we, to, before we talk about that, we got to thank some people who make this, this, this podcast possible. And that happens to be the folks who support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash lean into art is the address. And what is it? It's a way for you to give us a monthly upvote. You know, you can you pledge a dollar or more every month to say, hey, I believe in you guys. I believe in the work that you do. And we want to thank five people who have been doing exactly that. First up, Nathan Seabolt. You can find Nathan on Twitter at uh, N underscore Seabolt, S-E-A-B-O-L-T. Thank you, Nathan. Esprit Devra. Thank you, Esprit. You can find uh, their stuff at We Are L-A Tech on Twitter. And then India Swift at Old Swifty on Twitter. Thank you, India, for believing in us. Uh, Miriam, we don't have your Twitter handle, but... We can say your name, and thank you personally. It means a lot to us that you believe in us and the work that we do. And finally, Kim Holm, at Danangaheholm on Twitter. We'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, if you want to join them, you can go to patreon.com slash art where you will find all of the shows that we make, including the Extra Leans, the shows we record in between the episodes where Rob and I just riff on a topic, and then that post becomes an open mic post for you to talk about whatever you want. The latest episode, uh, we chronicled a heinous, heinous experience that i had where i lost my emergent task planner i left it in a public place and i didn't i didn't know what was going to happen next you can find out for yourself by going to patreon.com slash lean into art we thank everybody who has been supporting us there it means a lot to us and we do and you know by the way those uh those extra lean posts are for patrons only so Mm. just so you know only for patrons but uh but yeah you can join in at uh patreon.com slash lean into art and as he said thank you Absolutely. So how about we uh, move on to the next section? Talk about how do things change when the Zentradi show up at the edge of our solar system? Or about what happens when we express and think about and reflect on a little bit of gratitude in the work that we do. Yeah, there's that. And I guess the... uh, Something changes when the Zentradi show up on uh, Amazon Prime. Because the there's something different about the sound effects, and I need I need to read about this. Yeah, because, yeah, they remastered yeah. it, and they 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 added some scenes from the original um, Macross that didn't make it into the original American broadcast. And, oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Some some stuff like Min May taking a shower. I don't know if you remember that scene where she and Rick are like trapped in the SDF one in like the first like four episodes. I, Yes, I do. So, like, they find like this this broken water pipe. She's like, "Oh, I can take a shower." And in the in the original American release, it's like it, there's a scene where she's like, "Don't look," you know. And Rick's like, "Oh, I won't," and he blushes. But like, then they show him look in, in the the original Japanese one, um, and we see what he sees. And I was like, "Oh, I don't remember this when I was a kid." There's little things like that. Um, but then I think they remastered the sound too, and it, it it it's it's weird when they do that, right? Yeah, I, I feel I feel weird. Like like what happened? Because some some things can um can be imprinted where the like yeah, short term memory, you know, is is no longer a problem because this thing is is now burned in my memory. Like the the little sounds of the 
um, the the two things I noticed from just the intro was like how the switches go. They, they make different sounds, and then the poing poing step of the the robot when it, when it's like I'm robot posing, yep. and uh, and I'm like that didn't sound the same. Hmm, weird. And, and when it's me? something that you're that familiar with, that becomes oh, like that's just completely off putting. Um, there was a, a Rhino release of the Transformers original series DVDs, and they did the same thing where they just like we're making it better. So when something blows up, it's really gonna be loud now, and I'm like oh this this is not matching my memory now and it feels off oh, and incongruous um anyway yeah yeah all right but we uh, yeah, certainly have gratitude for robotech it was very influential same here <laughs> on my childhood yeah recorded uh, for- it on vhs every time I, I i i managed to uh correctly program that vcr that final episode, I remember as a, uh, I was 11 when I first watched it, and I, and I remember thinking, and this is, I don't want to play the It Was a Different Time card, but when we were young people, it was still, and I think this is still the case, unfortunately, where like being a man meant that you internalize a lot of emotions and you express yourself you know, aggressively, but that's pretty much the full range that you get in terms of like the way you would deal with your fellow people. And so I remember sitting on the couch and I was crying watching this. I'm like, I'm not, I'm watching a cartoon. I'm watching a robot cartoon. I shouldn't be doing this. You know, there's something wrong here. But you know the scene I'm talking about when you think back on that, right? Um, yeah. Oh, it's, it's uh, very, yes. There's a lot of, there's, yeah, there's tragedy and bittersweet, difficult choices that get made. And, and, and somebody who I have a lot of admiration for the show becomes exceedingly vulnerable in a critical moment, like really expresses everything. I was like, oh. and even as an 11 year old who didn't have like a, a profound understanding of, of romance got what that was about, you know, and it hit me hard, but anyway, so yes, I'm grateful for that too. Love Robotech, still love Robotech. Um, but how, how does the work change when we start thinking about this stuff uh, more regularly? make a point out of it oh like one of my favorite uses i don't know if it's just super obvious but it's sort of like well how do i tune in toward this gratitude the gratitude is a signal in a way and it's like this is where i'm at my most um peaceful and joyful intense satisfied engaged that and that that like the gratitude is like well hey remember that do more of that and that that was a good thing and pay attention <laughs> uh so some of that would be at different at different times of my career I, I would be i would use that to say i think i want to go on a new user experience adventure in a different industry i would like to do more of a hybrid of user experience plus game design can i find a role that somewhere that really will you know where i can make a trade doing that um and that's 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 all because of noticing of like how incredibly satisfying rewarding the work of of um uh you know making designs informed by um how people use things and also um the joy of making games and whatever but uh yeah so it's it's almost like a um a radar a radar to adjust my course yeah, it becomes a wayfinding tool. Mm-hmm. Um, because as we were talking about earlier, we're not we're not one hundred percent in control of what's happening. 
uh, as we navigate these waters. So there's a little bit of play Marco Polo that happens in there, right? (laughs) A lot. (laughs) Sure. I, yeah, I mean, they're testing a hypothesis. That's that's what that is. Where if you you can, you know, if you don't mind looking at it like that, where it's like, hey, I think I want to try this thing, and here's how I want to go about it, and I think it's going to have this kind of outcome. Marco, <laughs> see if someone answers Polo. Um, and, and something we were also talking about earlier is that, like, for me, it's it's a recentering thinking exercise to remind me that I'm I'm involved in a system. Of, of some sort there's there's a, a dynamism at work and everybody's at play um the, the 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 voice in my ear saying remember caesar thou art mortal right um i have caught myself at different times even recently you know like this this is this isn't something where i'm always in this headspace right like like everybody get fatigued get overwhelmed with different things happening. Um, and I show up not a hundred percent at my best, not like my full self or whatever. Um, and I'll catch myself, uh, wanting to be treated with more respect than is due. (laughs) You know, it's like, come on, can't you just make this easy for me? Come on. Uh, Irritated, impatient old guy here. (laughs) And so the, 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 Reflecting on gratitude for um, the 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 good that I do and the good that happens to me reminds me that there's like a dynamism at play, and this isn't about me all the time, right? Um, I think some I talked about before in my ETP. I recently added a field at the bottom of each page. It says like, "What good happened?" Right? And I try to capture that as as often as I can. Like, did anything good happen today? capture whether it was something I did or was something somebody else did, but just like what good occurred in my immediate vision that I can grab onto and hold onto for, you know, future reflection. Mm. And okay, yeah, so that, God, then those three things I want to ask you. Okay. Um, so the, the future reflection, I guess I'll go backwards. Um, future reflection. Um, is, I guess how new is that section in your ETP? And have you, have you been mining it for, mm-hmm. to see? Yeah, it, it's only been in like the last sub, last handful of months. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say like maybe September is when I started it. I think. Mm-hmm. I, well, I could go dig up my ETP and find out. But um, it, it's it's fairly recent. But um, also, you know that that's become like a holding tank for chewing on where I'm not so sure, right? Mm-hmm. Feeling a little bit weird and ambiguous about what happened today um chew on that for a little bit so i can maybe maybe hopefully find something to be grateful for in there if nothing else be grateful for the fact that i took the time to sort it out or attempted to um that's that's pretty powerful too even even if like you only had um five months i think is what you from yeah september to now um, even if it was, yeah, one month, three months or what have you, that's all of a sudden this, this, um, magical, uh, more, uh, you've made it, you've given yourself a superpower by all, by, by capturing all that. Right. And, and then having the chance in, in actually using it to, um, to, to glean insight that just, it just, probably wouldn't have been so clear or available 
may be there, right? Because, you know, our subconscious, you know, we're brains are doing all sorts of stuff that maybe you don't have to do this kind of, kind of that kind of reflection, but I'm guessing that that's uh, um, a big bonus to making it more possible and likely. And, and even if it were less than five months, um, still ha- has um, lots of potential benefit. Just waiting there. Yeah, I think Except so. For the sake of if everyone, and if anyone's thinking like, oh, that ETP, it looks like too much work and whatever. It's like, eh. it's, it's in a way, it's like a little bit, it's, it's a combination of a self-interview, a lightweight self-interview plus a day planner task tracker. Yeah. So Yeah, and it's 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 become less and less about like quantified self for me and more of like a journaling. It's it's a, a very speedy way to journal for me. Uh and it's it's structured because there's prompts, right? It's prompts and it's like what what did, what did you attend to do today? What actually happened today? And do you have any thoughts about what actually happened today? Um mm-hmm. so. But anyway, yeah. Um the, yeah. So and the the category you added to the the feeling good one too. That's that's uh that's awesome. Self interview. It's just like what do I want to, uh, what do I want to dig into? And then you you do that over time. I mean that's in a way that's like your own journal study or experience sampling, um, much like how, um, I don't know, pretty pretty important concepts have been discovered through those techniques, like uh, how Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Uh, come up came up with his theory about flow mm. not exactly the same technique but in a way you're borrowing those tools that are uh they're pretty handy so um besides the commercial for reflection and hanging lots of lampshades and that i was thinking of uh two other elements that that you were describing because you're talking about humility in a way right having um some sort of uh way to contextualize how you relate to something big and not trying to overinflate how you relate to it. I suppose so, yeah. Okay. So there's the humility thing, but there's also the just the seeing the big thing. I think that's separate where um what uh like so you mentioned like so your participation in a system, right? Mm-hmm. Um like is there anything where you, you look, you step back and you're seeing that big adventure map in Lord of the Rings or whatever? I mean, I don't know. How, what, what does your system look like to you as a big picture? Oh, yeah. So I, w- I would not describe it that way, come to think of it, when you, when okay. you put it that way. It's okay. So I, I, cra- I grabbed a quick note while we were talking about when you said, um, you know, this, this potentially bragging, but my family is one thing I'm grateful for. And I was like, why would that be bragging? And I think about, um, why would it be considered bragging? Is I, I guess what I was thinking is, I was thinking about how um, it's not about seeing a big picture as much as reflecting on. Oh, look where look what I get to see. Look at that such a place exists, that such people exist, and that I get to interact with this and engage with this. So less about seeing the system at work, but mm. more like reflecting on that. That there's much more at work here. And um, it's like what, what what Campbell, Joseph Campbell called aesthetic arrest. I think he borrowed that from James Joyce, this idea of like there's this moment where you realize that that uh, 
just how big everything really is. Like you're walking in the woods and you think like, oh my gosh, like, that these trees are, are, have been here for hundreds and hundreds of years, right? Or uh, you see a mountain that was here before there were even bugs or something like that. Like something that's like just profoundly big and you get a sense of that scale. But it's a very fuzzy sense of that scale, right? Because our brains are not good at comprehending those kinds of big numbers and those kinds of scales. But you get a sense of it. You get it like this, this, this whiff of like there's something really big happening and I'm a piece in that thing. And I get to engage with and witness it. I guess that's if I if I'm I don't know if I'm describing you're it very totally well. on, yeah. And I don't know exactly what that looks like for you. And that I was trying to 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 poke at that a little bit because it, I do think there's there are two different things. Maybe two perspectives on the same concept. Where the humility part, it's almost like if this were a, um, hmm, it's almost like going from a first person perspective view in a map. That's, that's when you are like, it's about me and I'm looking for the opportunities and the things that are close to my proximity and how, how am I benefiting or some, whatever I'm evaluating it in a me centric way versus a big picture centric way yeah. where you, you, so you're not in the first person's perspective in the maze or in the map, you are above the map and, and, or, um, the map is gone and there's just the universe and you're saying like, well, that's a thing. I don't see myself in there anymore necessarily, but I'm relating to this because I'm seeing it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like I, I get these kinds of feelings when, <clears throat> so I enjoy discovering concepts that help me improve how I think thinking tools as a designer. And so I don't encountering things like, you know, uh, uh, cognitive biases and logical fallacies and then trying to think like, how can I, um, how can I be a more uh, disciplined uh, analyst when I explore problems or what have you. And, uh, then I can get really tied up in my own, like how I'm trying to think of this, but then all of a sudden on a podcast, someone will be talking about, um, well, for instance, it happens frequently via, via the, um, um, the, you are not so smart podcast that David, Dave McRaney puts on and both through him and the guests that he has, where now I hear there's this bigger ecosystem of people thinking about these things that I get so enriched and uh, I'm thankful that the bigger ecosystem is there because I'm not doing their work. I'm doing my own garage band, funhouse mirror, reflective interpretation of what they're doing, but I, I'm enabled from it and I appreciate it. Right. And so I see both the, I don't know if that's, did that go anywhere to yeah. land a, Okay. Uh, hmm. Reflecting on where the the where the help comes from too, and which okay, here's how it changes the work. Uh, you have a, you actually have a story in the notes that I wonder if we could talk about. Uh, it, it comes back to this this very service driven idea, but being aware of where you're getting lifted. And from what sources you're getting lifted, um, and how they are addressing pain points for you, uh, I wonder how much that that reflecting on that informs or enhances your ability to listen for where you can help. Mm. I think so because you can ex you can explore the mechanism. I well you could just show up in the place where you felt that benefit and just try to be helpful. That's yeah. what I did a few years back. <laughs> um, 
Um, <clears throat> and uh, I had this this goofy like I always have an urge when I'm when I'm doing a task that's very manual, um, and I think there's a way the computer can take this off my plate. I try to make the computer take it off my plate so I can move on to other things. And um, there was this uh, this well the a project that that you worked on Jersey years back called Art and Story that uh, you and your collaborators you started this service the where you know the audience could support you it was called art and story supreme and it was like it was, it was like patreon but very very kludgy <clears throat> sure but like like hacking your own patreon with your wordpress in uh, 2010 i want to say 2011 yeah something like that. somewhere in there and uh like 2009 2010 somewhere in there yeah but yeah i mean quite a few years back before you know, in, in the world does change a lot where all of a sudden there, when there, there is an enabling tool that creates a, and that hits a giant need in the market and all of a sudden, boom, Patreon. Um, but yeah, this was before that. And I, I had this little pain point that I, I wanted to make it easier to get the, um, those um, paid, those podcasts that were behind the paywall onto my iPod, right? And so I found a way to automate that through uh, a tool called Songbird. And I don't think Songbird's around anymore, but it was a pretty neat open source music player. Um, so I was like, well, I thought this was really useful. I wonder if anyone else in the community would find it useful. So I recorded a video, uh, how to, how could you get this set up as well? And so I posted it in the forum. And I think that act on its own is probably why I'm here podcasting with you. <laughs> I think there's other things that happen after that. Of course, but. yes, yes. But like that, that, oh, that showed, I mean, that's just like a huge signal of like, here's somebody who is listening for how they can help. And then they offer it freely, you know, and they show up with that spirit, right? And it solved a big pain point for the users. It solved a big pain point for me as the person who's trying to run all this kludgy software. Who was kind of going like, sorry, guys, you're gonna have to download them manually. I know it's not, it's not ideal, but that's the best I can do right now, you know? Um, not fun to ask people to pay for something that like is less convenient than the thing they got for free, right? Um, so yeah, yeah, uh, and and I think about like so this year is um, a two calf the Ann Arbor Comic Arts Festival. This will be our tenth time doing the show, so it's not exactly the ten year anniversary because it's like we the first year was in twenty ten, no two thousand nine. So twenty nineteen will be the tenth anniversary. Is that how that works? But um, this will be the tenth. Show we do. Yes. Anyway, sure. Because the, you, yeah, the year zero, your count. That's the first year, right? That's right. the first instance. That's the problem of counting centuries as well. So, but either way, it's it's a it's a landmark in some way, and that all came about like the initial, the first pebble that kicked down that that became this like comic festival that I've been involved with for so long, um, was because I showed up at a comic convention and I met Dan Mishkin and I listened to him talk and he said, boy, wouldn't it be great if we had a comic convention in Michigan for young people? And I grabbed it and I put it away and I thought about it. And eventually when I realized I had a way I could help, I reached out to him. And then that, that's when we started reaching out to more people and the whole thing got going. But uh, yeah, just uh, that learning to do that. Um, I don't know how I learned to do that. I'm I'm certain it came by way of like advisors and people talking on podcasts and stuff and listening hard, but um, that's 
that's a pretty profound skill um, when, when you actually, like, when it works. <laughs> yeah. It, it doesn't always work. It, I've shown up and said, like, hey, how can I help? And they're like, we don't want it. And I'm like, okay, I'll do something else. I've had that as well. <laughs> it, it's, um, it, there, that's the thing. It's not just us individually. It's the, you continue, you, hopefully it's a combination of, like, you can tune in to see, like, where would be a good place to apply this and or, or good enough where I, I can't tell if this is right or um but it, it it seems like it's it looks right enough and you give it a try mm-hmm. um yeah those are helpful experiments but it, it's still sort of part of that whole feedback loop of um like what are you grateful for and how are you trying to then engage in in uh returning that and and extending and um feeding it back making a feedback loop uh, um, what a great segue for final hmm. thought okay I, ha- I had an idea for final thought and it work it's coming up on time so it occurred to me recently uh ann and i were talking about this about how a lot of our lives both hers and mine i mean she's a, she's a librarian and a cartoonist she puts on the comic the ann arbor comic arts festival with me and the rest of the kids read comics group and so a lot of my in my work as a teacher and as a teaching artist and her work as a librarian and event organizer, we wind up getting very clear and explicit feedback loops of the people that we serve, right? The kids are either excited or not excited about what's happening in the classroom. I get that signal very immediately. Anne's dealing with people at the library at like letterpress lab and stuff. She's getting like a feedback loop immediately. So it, it, we were reflecting, we were talking about how like, this sense of um, gratitude is kind of like hardwired and baked into the work that we do. We get like that is being pushed in front of our faces all the time. Um, and then in the in the chat, Casey Turbos is saying, "How important do you think cultivating the skill of stillness is for for growing in gratitude?" So, like, yeah, this raises the question, like. For somebody who doesn't work with the public, who doesn't work with it, like volunteering organizations, who isn't like, getting that immediate feedback loop that you that you mentioned earlier, how might we think about introducing more ways to introduce systems to generate gratitude in our lives and work? What do you say? You want to do that one for our final thought? It sounds lovely. Okay. Well, it sounds appropriately challenging and and uh, fiddly. So. It's it's it totally passes the final final thought inspective in, inspector line. So <laughs> was it, it Inspector Twelve that that underwear inspector in the eighties? Oh, that's Haynes, true. Haynes briefs or something like that. It was, I can't remember. It's like yeah, this grouchy old woman who'd like punch like men's underwear. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I, that's what I. That's honestly, I mean, I, I take that as a compliment. I assume you're saying like that's what my brain does. When you, when you describe stuff, <laughs> I'm just punching tidy whities <laughs> and and I'm like, this one's this one makes sense. Let's do it. I'm punching tidy whities and this one makes sense. T-shirt number twelve. All right. So in about a minute and thirty seconds, we're gonna we're gonna take on that final thought. Um, but before we do that, we got to thank a couple more people who make this show possible. And those people happen to be us. I'm a cartoonist and teaching artist, and I make comic books. And I'm gonna be. Start making some noise about a new comic book I got coming out uh, called Science Comics Rockets Defying Gravity, which is actually up for pre-order on Amazon right now. Um, it is right now? It is right now. 
You can go That's to Amazon. Awesome. If you go to Amazon.com and search for Rockets Jersey Droves, but we'll link to it in the show notes. You can pre-order it right now. What is it about? So here's the here's the the pitch, the log line that we came up with for it. It's Carl Sagan's Cosmos as told by grumpy animals. So my wife Anne and I made this graphic novel together. It's being published by First Second, and it's about the history and science of rockets. And we tell all these stories of how, like, that explain how rockets work, the laws of physics that are happening when when rockets move. And we tell stories of the development of rockets over several centuries using different stories of individual people who were involved in the development of rockets, but also the animals that were involved in the development of rockets. So the story we always tell is uh, the, the inspiration for this this book came from a story that Ann and I came across where, um, uh, you know, when you eject out of a supersonic plane, um, the, the, the sudden deceleration is so intense, it's like slamming into a brick wall. Like it, it, it can really, really injure you, especially if you're not strapped in properly. So obviously the... You know, the United States military isn't going to put people into these ejector seats to find out what happens, you know, the hard way. You know, we had to test them somehow. Well, we can use dummies, but they only give us so much data. Um, well, let's tranquilize some grizzly bears, and we'll put them in these planes, and we'll shoot them out of the planes. And so, yes, grizzly bears were used to test ejector seat technology in planes, but don't worry. They all survived until they were euthanized and dissected. So that's that's the kinds of stories that are in there as well. So and, and and of course the grizzly bear who's narrating that chapter comes across that story and promptly gets angry and walks off the book. And then another narrator comes in to tell a different part of of rocket history. There's also rats parachuting out of rockets in the 1800s. There's a sheep duck and, and rooster who fly a hot air balloon because uh, they didn't want, know what would happen if people flew up through clouds back then. So yes, science comics rockets on Amazon now. Um, I'm going to be launching a. Ann and I are working on a website for it, and it'll be at sciencecomicsrockets.com. It's not up yet, but if you're listening to this after the fact, you can go check it out and join the mailing list to get some free stuff that we're giving away uh, in the lead, uh, the rollout of the book. Comes out this June, uh, just before A2CAF. Uh, Rob, you make a game. I do. I'm so excited for the Science Comics Rockets jersey. It's, it's, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I can say, but I maybe know someone who had to peek at it. It's, it's beautiful <laughs> and super funny and educational. It's amazing on a bunch of levels, so can't be more excited about it. But then, yes, I do make a game. Um, it is called This Panda Needs You, and Jersey happens to be playing it right now on, on a uh, on Windows tablet. Um, well, and it's it actually is available for a bunch of platforms, which I'll mention in the situation. Say you want to play a mellow puzzle game, you want to relax, or you have a little one in your, in your life, and you're like, hey, I want a, um, like a, a nice puzzle shape and pattern matching kind of game for, for the little one. Well, this panda needs you is all about that, because you had a panda walking through the forest, encountering snacks of shapes, a cloud comes along and knocks this well-stacked situation over, and that's where you come gets all happy as you as you get further along and getting that corrected formation going and then you just keep on exploring. And there's like over 50 levels where and they get progressively more challenging when you have to manage more more shapes and more challenging arrangements. And um, that's that's what it's all about. You can learn more about it. It's available for um, essentially phones and tablets and desktops. So you got uh, your iPhones, iPads, uh, Android phones. For your Mac desktop and Windows. Runs great on a Windows tablet. And yeah, so you'll find it at um, uh, 
itch.io for your desktops and then, you know, uh, iTunes App Store and, and Google Play. And uh, if you have purchased it, a great thing you could do is give it a rating on whatever platform on which you purchased it. That'll help more people find it and enjoy it. Uh, but let's suppose that you're like, oh, okay, that's nice that you guys make stuff. We're really here about for the way you guys think about stuff. That's fair enough. You can go to leanintoart.com slash workshops where you can download uh, self-contained videos uh, of us teaching different kinds of workshops that we've taught in classrooms. Oops, went to the wrong tab there. Uh, I've got comics workshops where I've got video game workshops. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, giving it a thumbs up is a free thing you can do to help more people discover the show. Or if you're listening to it on a podcatcher like iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever, giving it a uh, five-star review on those platforms helps more people find the show too. It means a lot to us. Everybody who has been doing exactly those things, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. It does mean a lot. And... So another thing that means a lot is how we try to trip ourselves up with one more final thought, put a cap on this thing. And uh, what um, I'm, I'm curious what, what you were thinking is as far as um, like, how does the, because there was like the, the two angles of um, you may have like a direct connection with your audience where you get that immediate feedback loop and then um, like, it's it, it reminds that reminded me a lot of this whole this concept in uh in you know human centered design or user experience called uh exposure hours mm. it's like when you have a chance to to be with who you're making something for uh you will be better informed you will get out of your own head and 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 be able to inhabit the 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 world and situation and needs circumstance of of, of someone else far easier than if you are um, just just not involving them, and that's where the whole that that face to face connection in in a um, um, sharing your creative work situation, getting that immediate thing, reminds me a lot of that concept, and and it's powerful. That's I think that's part of useful. that's a major part of making things uh, is not knowing how it's being received and not getting so much of what we make. I mean, we've we've been highlighting a lot of like you know positive things that have been happening in our career like moments where we get that kind of interaction but <clears throat> pardon me there's a lot that doesn't get interacted with right and it's it's uh if i didn't have teaching if i didn't have that one-on-one -on -one interaction with kids all the time i don't know how i would feel about the way my work is interacted with i mean we get lots of really awesome feedback from the lean into art cast you know there's like the social media thing where it's like oh i got a lot of thumbs up on that drawing and stuff but Eh, that's still kind of, it's direct, but it's still abstract. Like when you think about like mm. thumbs ups and things like that, right? To know that you've affected somebody. I think, I think it's something a lot, I don't, I don't think it's unreasonable for me to say like most of us crave that. Um, and I don't think it's shameful to crave that either. So I think uh, reflection, yes. Reflect on the things that are happening around you, and I bet you can find something in there that would be worth considering, and you'd be like more alert to those signals. But then also, it's like I think about like, are there ways for you to even if it's not with your art, if there's ways for you to do like volunteer work or something like that, where it's like volunteer at an animal shelter or volunteer uh, at some kind of local uh, do-gooders group, so where you're getting some kind of instant feedback to remind you of things we've been talking about like you're part of systems there's a lot of there's a lot of uh different dynamism at play 
Um, and in some way or another, I'm getting this, this reinforcement that, yes, what I do affects people in some kind of positive way. That's interesting. So, yeah, you can be of service in some place, even if it's, I mean, any kind, I, it could be your day job also. And yeah. then, I mean, you carry, you carry these kinds of interactions and experiences with you that can inform your creative work, even if it is a separate thing, a separate entity from this other effort to have, um, uh, the, yeah, the benefits of not working in full isolation. Um, but let's see, there's, uh, let's see, there was the, the stillness aspect too, that, that you, you added on to that with, um, that, that Casey Turbo has mentioned in the chat. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, that, that has the, that has the ability to sort of ring out, um, clarity and perspective with whatever is in your, whatever you can soak up in your current experience. So if you're, if you're able to soak up direct feedback and face-to-face interaction, then I think you'll have more to possibly reflect on. And, and having a, you know, building the skill, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm inferring a lot based on saying stillness to me sounds like uh, potential, you know, things like, uh, you know, practicing forms of disciplined thinking, mindfulness, um, reflection, all that. And if I don't mean to paint with paint with an overly broad brush and bucketing all those things, but they, I think they tend to feed into um, being more skillful about whatever it is you need to currently process. And maybe even um, be being better in the circumstance or noticing you need to change your circumstance where it's like, you know what, I really do need to find some way where I get that face to face, right? So then you decide to table with your work or you decide to um, join in with other people in the similar endeavors in like a local comic community, local, uh, local game development community, what, what have you. Um, and even if it is, you know, far away or infrequent, something above nothing is a huge difference. So then, yeah, anyway, then I don't know if that's really hitting the stillness angle. What are you thinking, Jersey? No, I, that, that, that matches my personal experience. Um, discipline thinking, mindfulness, um, you know, when, when I first, dabbled with meditation, um, a lot of my meditation was not the sitting in a posture and doing focused breathing, but was going on quiet walks by myself for like an hour and really trying to just not, you know, thoughts happen, you can't stop it, that's what brains do, but like trying to be mindful and noticing things around me, like like paying attention to what's happening around me. And I remember there were some like, when I did it a lot, there were these breakthrough moments where it was like that, that kind of that, that such a place exists kind of moment would happen. Um, mm. And it didn't have to be anything. It didn't have to be like, Oh, it was a crisp bottom day. And there was like all these yellow leaves falling down. It was just like this very prosaic moment, but it was like, Oh, I'm noticing it now. Um, which then had that effect of making me more mindful of other moments, made, made it easier for me to get to that point. If that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. It's practice. Right? I think it, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult thing to to transmit as an experience because I think it it's um it's like what aspect of that skill are you building? It it you know your experience is going to differ than than others. Um, but it's it's on the whole that I think it puts you in a situation where it's um it's adding it's adding something that if you apply that added something over time, 
you will accrue benefit. So <clears throat> if it's about choosing not to do something for your project, choosing a different project, getting in front of people, or there's those little things, those are all experiences and experiments that um, uh, layer upon layer create this um, uh, extra perspective that I, you know, like I don't, that is probably, a, in, in those layers are tools and memories and goals, mistakes, um, time sinks. I don't know, like, but it, it's, um, it, it's instead of it being this unminable uh, mystery, it's, it's, it's easier than it was at some time in the past to make use of it. Rob, I think we would, I think we did a podcast. Hmm. Hopefully I think we did too. I'm like my, my podcast meters uh, broke at like 82%. So I'm like, uh. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we both had on our list is that one of the things we're grateful for is this project. And I mean, that goes without saying, but at the same time it's worth saying and it should be said, even if it goes without saying, right. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, showing up and practicing something every week is also something that I get a, a lot of benefit from. Um, even... I, me, I super agree. And I am not afraid to show my, my goofy love and appreciation for this project and for you and to be an uncomfortable example of, of, uh, not toxic masculinity to the best I can. I grew up, wat I, I watched Rosie Greer sing it's all right to cry when I was in elementary school. <laughs> and I'm like, from the whole free to be you and me project. And I'm like, and bless those hippies for giving me that, that, uh, that, that wild memory. Oh, capturing so, that for the show notes too. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, this show is recorded every Thursday night at 10 PM Eastern time, 9 PM central. We broadcast it live on YouTube and then it's, uh, you know, archived at patreon.com slash lean into art. And there's more social media stuff that's going to come up in a second. Uh, until next week, thank you, thank you everybody for downloading, watching, and listening. I have been Jersey Drozd of leanintoart.com and Jersey Drozd on Instagram. Yes, thank you, everybody. And I have been Rob Stenzinger of leanintoart.com, also Rob Stenzinger on Instagram. Okay, bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at leanintoart.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the user leanintoart, and you can reach us via email at leanintoart at gmail.com. And remember, leaners aren't wieners. Thanks for listening.